Hello! Welcome. Hello. Hello and welcome to Foolish the Podcast on NPR. Ooh. We're brought to you by uh, random twists of, Tom- Thomas's of knots and berries. Muffins. Thomas's muffins. Ooh, I was close. You said knots and berries. I was talking about nooks and crannies. Well, nooks, crannies, knots, berries, they're all welcome here on Snubs, NPR Foolish Podcast. Oh, also we're brought to generous donations by listeners like you. <laughs> I like your voice. Do you know anyone who's ever donated to a public radio station? I don't. I feel like the out of all my friends, you would be the most likely. And I have not. I have made some. I've made more donations uh, in the last year than I have maybe in my whole life. But no, not to any um, media organizations. I'd, I'd, May I ask what you've donated to? Sure, I donated to some political campaigns. Oh, okay. Uh, money, money well spent, obviously. Thank you, Chick. <laughs> didn't go to him <laughs> and i donated to the aclu and to planned parenthood and some like friends i had some like sick friends who had some like uh kickstarter type of deals mm-hmm. so i gave them some money cool um okay well you're a good samaritan yeah you know i gave some i gave some money to doctors without border collies <laughs> they just don't have dogs and they really want some so i figured god that's dumb <laughs> it's pretty dumb Doctors without border collies. Yeah, they're a good dog. DWBC. DWBC, the great organization. Hey, you can write that off in your taxes bill. <laughs> I can. Does it count if, um, if when I when I buy something at like five below and it's three forty five and they're like, hey, would you like to donate the fifty five cents to blah blah blah? Yeah, I think if you kept track of all that and as charitable donation, you could okay. write it off. There's that. Do you do, do, you do the TurboTax or H&R Block or anything like that, or do you go to like an accountant? I do the TurboTax thing. Yeah, I used to do TurboTax, then I did H&R Block because John Hamm was doing the commercials and it was free. So I feel like I do a different one every year because each every year a different one has different deals. Yeah, and I I'm still not enough of an adult, I don't think, to actually have to need a person to do this for me. They ask so many questions on those things, and I'm just like, no. Why would I ever <laughs> like? Like, Did you, you buy a, a house? Do you <laughs> do you have children in the military? Do you have uh, have you donated to some dude? Like I'm like no. Why? So many questions. And then it'll ask you the ones where it's like. So their whole thing is they're designed to help you save the most money, but they don't actually. It's just a, a form basically. So really? it's like, yeah. do you qualify for the Rhode Island State Income Tax Threshold? I'm like, I don't fucking know. That's what you're supposed to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they all have all those questions have little question marks next to them. Yep, and you can click them, and they're like, "Well, this is this," and I'm like, "Well, that still doesn't really help me because I don't at all. I, I don't know <laughs> if I'm that. You're supposed to tell me exactly. I mean, you can do the basic stuff. I don't think I'm breaking any laws. I always feel like when I submit it, I'm like, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna find me. They're they're gonna check, and I'm gonna have done something <laughs> wrong." I think you have to like really. I think if you can prove that you're just like, "Oh, oops, I'll fix it," they'll be like, "All right, just pay it. You'll be fine." I think you've yeah. got to get into some real high-level lying kind of stuff to get, like, <laughs> prosecuted by yeah. the IRS. I'm just terrified that, like, 20 years down the line, right. someone, some random bored dude is going to be like, oh, let me investigate this guy. And they're going to be like, oh, over the past 20 years, you've uh, you've stiffed right, us you... for $17,000. <laughs> well, Please you, you, pay up. You didn't pay the auto registration tax in 2005, <laughs> and that accumulated interest at 200%. 
for the last oh, 25 God. years. <laughs> Plus inflation. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, welcome to Foolish the Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We yes. are talking taxes and tax and talks. <laughs> That's right. Every time you talk, you have to pay us tax. Please send a self-stamped mailable envelope to Foolish the Podcast Avenue. One, two, three. Foolish Town. Foolish Pennsylvania of the Foolish States of the United. Pennsylvania. <laughs> talking tax, where we where we talk the facts. Talking tax, talking facts. Bill, no. Let's let's stop talking about taxes. <laughs> okay, never mind. I disregard my no earlier. I agree with this. Let's move on. Sounds good. Bill, I just got done playing a video game. What is that? Uh oh boy. Okay, so how do you begin? You know shoots and ladders. No, what's that? Oh boy. Um <laughs> you know that the barrel hoop that you can push around with a stick? Yes, I do know that. Okay, well it's like that, but there's It's my favorite game. It's like that but digital. It's like that on a TV screen. <laughs> yeah. Mind Mike exploding. Won. I got No, playing. I love video games. What, I do too. What were you playing? I just got done red I red box. I've been red boxing. I noticed that. Yeah, it's I like it. Um if you can rent it for short enough. Yeah, if, if you, you can, if if it's, if it's a game you could beat in like three or four days, it's cheap, or exactly. even like a week, I guess, because yeah, it's like a, three bucks a day. Yeah, so like I can't justify spending sixty dollars, sixty five with tax. Speaking of taxes, on a video game, you know, <laughs> it's just such tax. a. It's I'll do it for Madden because I'll have that right. game for the whole year and I'll play it for like seven months. Other right, that's that, a decision you have to make. You have to. Is this a game that I'm going to beat and be done with, or yeah. Yeah, and the problem with games is you never really know if you're going to like right. it or not until you're kind of playing it. So it's it's a anyway. I it's, I was playing Doom, the remake. Oh, they remade I've, Doom. I've maybe, heard good things. Maybe a year ago, it was pretty good. Um, I was I was playing through it. It is mightily violent. Yeah. Uh, even for a video video game, I was playing it, and I remember remember back in like the '90s when the first Doom came out in Mortal Kombat and Quake, and there was a big uproar oh, about. Like the violence in video games and the gore and blood in video games. Yeah, I, I think pl- well, I think Mortal Kombat for the Super NES when it first came out, people were pissed because that one didn't even have blood in it. You had to put in like a code or something. Uh, a B A B C A B Abacab. Oh, you know that? Okay. Yeah, I think that was it. There might be an extra B in there, but it was Abacab. But I was playing. <laughs> I was playing Doom, and uh, I was like, I totally get it. I understand why parents might have been upset that these games are too violent. And it's the mm-hmm. first time I ever felt that way in a video game. It was like shockingly gory and violent it was a fun game but it was too too much it was long i never felt i never felt that way except when i played um like grand theft auto for the first time like that because it because it made it seem more real like all the other games like there was like anytime i play doom it's it's so hyper violent and it's, it's really over the top. weird creatures and stuff to, to where it never felt real to me yeah. Grand Theft Auto kind of like disturbed me a little because I'm like oh I'm just walking around a town just sure. smashing people like I don't know anyway I give Doom uh, three and a half out of six stars <laughs> no that's too low quite, I'd give it four out of six quite a scoring system yeah four to six eight out of ten so each star is worth sixteen point six 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 six. It's like a B. It's like a B, B plus okay. maybe. But I'm also a okay. tough video game grader. Hmm. I only, okay. I only, I don't, I don't play that many games anymore. But the ones I play, I play a lot. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Like if something so, gets, if something gets less than an eight and a half, like on Metacritic, <laughs> I'm not going to play it. 
Wow. Okay. Because they're, they're so expensive. I just can't throw this video game money around. They are quite expensive. Bill, um, why ahead. are we talking about this? Oh, well, I just thought I'd catch you up on my life. Oh, okay. That's your life? Just playing Doom? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, so Chuck, I, uh, I recently just got my doctorate, and um, I got a sweet promotion at my job, and... Um, um, my my baby's doing pretty well. Uh, just said, Dada. Uh, how's your life been? I slayed the cyber beast. Okay. I recently upgraded my shotgun to the super shotgun, which doesn't doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It's a anyway. Sorry. I'm a level plus three paladin. <laughs> um. Well, the reason I bring it up, Bill. Last week we kind of did a test run of something. We did. I think uh, if anyone wants to know what it was, I suggest you go listen to that episode. Let's give them some time mm-hmm. to do that. And go. Doing my taxes. Yeah. So, what'd you have for lunch today? I had a meatball sub. I had a chicken sandwich. Oh, sweet! From where? I made it. Oh, look at you, fancy schmancy! I I roasted a chicken on Friday night, and then I uh, leftovers. You make a sandwich out of it. You didn't burn yourself this time? No, I didn't burn myself. Do you think they're done listening to the old episode? I uh, now they are. Hey, welcome back. Okay, so hey. Yep, uh, glad you listened to it. And so what you know now is that we we declared, we decided we're going to start declaring things, the official things of Foolish the Podcast, because we, we're a prominent member of the media. Absolutely. We think we should use our power in the world for good. And we declared last week that chickens would be the official animal of Foolish the Podcast. <laughs> and Bill, I think chickens have really taken off since then. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I the saw chicken I saw, stock has gone up, mm, just shot through the roof. Chicken soup has gone up. Do love chicken soup? Everyone loves chicken soup. Chicken noodle soup? For the soul. Yeah. Good book. I don't even know what it's about. I've heard it. <laughs> I think it's like a self-help book. I think so, too. I think it's like, hey, just keep everything kind of happy and you'll feel okay. Chicken soup for your soul. Chicken soup, sure. Now, but that was kind of a test run. We really don't... You and I both like animals. But we're not, like, passionate. I mean, look. About some of, animals, Speaking maybe. of charities, if I was in the supermarket... And it was like, would you like to donate 50 cents to the World Wildlife Foundation? I'd be like, yeah. Sure. I mean, I, sure. I just donated to the thing last week. That was a different charity. Why are you making me donate to the... Everyone just wants your money. Yeah, it's okay. But I would. Like, I'm fine with animals. But we're not passionate about them. Right. This week, we're going to we're gonna rank something that we actually care a little bit about. Yep. So, mind if I cut in really quick? Uh, go ahead. May I have this dance? Um, so, here a symbol of our passion, we've already discussed this a little bit, is that this one was really, really, really hard. It wasn't easy to put this list together. So, and it was hard on three levels for me. Are you going to tell them what the list is? It is video games. There it is. The We're official gonna... video game of Foolish the Podcast. Yep. So that's our passion. Mm-hmm. Well, one of our passions. Yeah, we like them a lot. Sure. Um, so this was hard on three levels. One, it was I like the hard... video game reference. <laughs> yeah, level one. It was hard <laughs> putting the initial one? list of games together. Yep. Because you're just thinking I had to look at a bunch of Wikipedia lists of like best games to get some ideas. Oh, I, um, went, I went off the dome. I did not use a Wikipedia list. Really? Nice. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. There's going to be a few I forgot that I'm going to be like, why the hell did I forget that? Right. That's why I did that. I initially did off the dome, and I'm like, I'm forgetting something, and then I looked at the list. Level two, 
is uh, one of the rules of this, I, I believe we're still in agreement on this, mm-hmm. is that you can only have one video game per series. Correct. Well, so you like can... the... Go ahead. Well, you could either do... Um... And you know what? Maybe we should talk. We should hammer this out now. You could either do, for instance, Rock Band Two, okay, or the Rock Band series. But either way, it counts as the whole thing, or just one See, game. I, I I feel like doing the series is a cop out. Okay, that's fine. I'm fine with that. So one game per series. Yes. All right. Because I think it it forces a couple decisions. It, it does. Now I gotta look at my list. <laughs> Please go on. So so that was a tough piece. Like. I, I can come up with series easy enough, but coming up with what I think is the best game is of that series is pretty tough. Sure. And then three, level three, the final level, the final Under, boss. Underwater level. The <laughs> underwater level. Uh, was three the underwater level in Mario? Uh, I think it might have been in Sonic. No. Yeah, you might be right. No, no, it wasn't the third one. That was like level anyway. five. I couldn't beat that level. That's where I got stuck. I never beat Sonic. That was Labyrinth Zone. Labyrinth Zone was <laughs> really hard. Yeah. Anyway, um, the last piece that was hard was even when I completed these first two pieces and narrowed down things, mm-hmm. I had I had 19. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have 14. I have 14 right now. <laughs> so now you have to narrow it down to, to, to the five that we will be choosing. But we're um, ultimately going to pick 10. Right, five each. Now, Bill, you have the final pick in this uh, this list. I don't want to call it a draft, but it's not a draft. Um, in this uh, ceremony, I suppose. Sure. Now that's the a christening bit, of the game. I mean, it's going to get dicey because there's a very good chance you have a game at number one that I might take at number two or number three. Yep. So we're, it's it's going to be very interesting. Um, kind of like I, th- I did for Dog in the last uh, one. Yeah, and I could get you back because I have an idea what your number one's going to be, and I could take it right at number ten. You could. <laughs> you absolutely could. I'm not spiteful or vindictive, um, <laughs> but I'm gonna. I go first this week. You do, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And this, of course, is brought to you by the brightness indicator before you start video games. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was ever on older games. I think that's that's a new thing. Um. The earliest I don't games, ever remember it on like Super NES games. No, but certainly not until like GameCube, Xbox, PlayStation Two. Right. I think that's when it started. So when did you start playing video games again? Um, my video game history is a little bit. Sp- I I had a Nintendo, but I didn't. We only had Duck Hunt. I didn't play it very much. And then I got a Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. And I had Sonic and um, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat Two. I played a ton. Okay. Then I got PlayStation, Sony PlayStation 1, and I played that mm-hmm. thing a lot. And that was, you know, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade. Then in high school, I kind of petered out. Then I got a game. So, yeah, I've kind of been playing them all my life. But there was a period in there. The console generation I missed out on was kind of the PS2, Xbox generation. Right. Friends always had those. I had a GameCube for a little while, then I, I lost it in a flood. Oh, right. And then I went to college, and I kind of didn't have a console for, like, three years in there. So, like, between, like, 05 and 07, I didn't have a console, then I finally got a 360. Okay. How about so you? you missed out at, like, the end of the PS2 stuff, and then the beginning of the PS3 Xbox 360, 360. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, for me, <laughs> it's just straight shot since I was four years old. <laughs> just, it's always. Okay. It's been consistent. 
So it's I'm, it's kind of scary. I I'm terrified. I'm glad I don't know this, but if there was ever a stat that was like how much time I've actually spent playing video games, that might be a scary number. Do you think it's a year? Oh, it's way more than a year. A full year. Yes. How many hours that would be? Oh, it's not even close. It's... How many hours is that? Let's get my calculator out. 365 times 24. 8,000 hours? Yeah, way more. 80, well, it's 8,760. So I'm 29. Yep. I'm guessing I've probably spent the totality of at least five years playing video games. No, that can't be right. A third of that... your time is spent sleeping. Yep. There's school God. and it can't be. That can't be right. I'm going to guess at least... 20% of my time has been... No, nah, maybe... Uh, it can't be that much. That's... that's At least three years. At least three years. No, because work and, work and sleep are two-thirds of your day. Okay. So that means if you did nothing else, it would be 33% <laughs> of your time, right? But you do other things. Well, you weekends. Sleep, eat. Uh, I still... Okay, we're, this doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... The last thing I'll say before... I'm, None I'm, of this matters. We're bullshitting. Yeah, I'm going to be picking first, and there's a couple strategies, so I'm going to go with my first pick. There's a couple strategies I was thinking about. I was thinking about a few things I was making these picks. One, mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. It is a given fact that games get better. Old games aren't as good as new games. Sure. I don't care what you want to say about Mario or Final Fantasy VII or even Resident Evil 4. They're just not as good as today's games. There's a weird criteria when it comes to choosing good games. Um, some people just have your philosophy like that. But some people, I think, weigh it with nostalgia and what they felt at the time when the game first came out. So there's that, there's a lot of different ways to judge it. So that's the other thing. Some of, There are some games that when they came out, even though... Okay, for instance, Red and Evil 4 isn't as good of a game as... Red Dead Redemption. Like Resident Evil 1, if you played it now, it would be very, very tough to play, but I'm guessing when you played that on your PlayStation, you were like, this is freaking amazing. It was revolutionary, and it moved the entire genre in kind of steps. That's how the video games work. It moves forward and fits and starts. Like every year and a half, there'll be a new game that kind of pushes everything forward a couple steps. Mm -hmm. Those games, to me in particular, really make a lot of my list. I think those are the achievement games that that really mean the most. Um, That said... There is a game that I cannot allow to be number one, and I think it might be high up on your list, so I'm going to eliminate it. I'm going to take away the whole franchise, because if this game or any game from this series is number one, I'm going to quit the goddamn podcast. So with my first pick, number 10 on the list, I will take Final Fantasy VIII. Ooh. It's an important game. Final Fantasy VIII? Yep. Interesting. Um, most people would say Final Fantasy VII. See, I did have a Final Fantasy on my list. It was Final Fantasy X. Okay. Um, so. I've never played Final Fantasy VIII. I played <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. I hated every second of it. I hate all of those games. <laughs> you're not an RPG guy, so I'm surprised you're even taking this. I don't like those old turn-based RPGs. I like the RPGs of now. Uh, okay. We'll talk. There's going to be some. But Final Fantasy VIII had the guns that were also swords. Yep, gunblade. Yep. Pretty, pretty cool. That's why it's there. Now Final Fantasy can't be number one. Okay. If I was going to pick a Final Fantasy that I had to like, it would be eight. There it is. Okay. Interesting. I didn't want it number one, and now it can't be. So. You would probably like 15. 15 just came out. You'd probably like... You, you, I don't think you'd mind it. I, I might not, but I, I think I'm so ingrained at this point to hate them. that I I'll, just, let you, I'll let you borrow it. Okay. We'll see. That, that would be great. Yeah, I would love to. Okay. Um... Interesting. Okay, so now I gotta do a cross out. Yeah, me too. 
Final Fantasy was actually my uh, my number four. Okay, so I guess I didn't it have wouldn't to have worry. been number one. Well, it might have been. You never know because I could have taken yours three, two, and one in my list, and then it would have been your number one. True. I'll be without a list. Um, <laughs> all right. So number five, mm-hmm. I I think I actually might be my number five. Number nine, I guess. Do we yep. want to call it number nine or my number five? Number nine. You can say your. I'm keeping them track here. Number nine. Okay. This might be one on your list, but right. I, I'm not doing it as a way of taking one on your list. I'm just doing it because I really, really liked it, And but there are some others ahead of it. Sure. Um, I should also know... Lo- sorry. We're not trying to deliberately compete. We're trying to f- come to one decision, but sometimes, you know. Right. Go ahead. Uh, mine is The Witcher 3. Why? The Witcher, the Witcher 3 was unbelievable. Um... 2015, I think it sets the bar for any open world games to come. It had great acting. It had a great story. All the side quests were really engrossing. I remember we did the review of um, a Fallout 4 yep. as a podcast. And at the time, I had not played The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I said a lot of good things about Fallout 4. Yeah. Um, but then I played Witcher 3, and I was like, okay, Fallout 4 is not even close not to, even close it's not even it's just not even close just everything about the witcher 3 is good the the worst thing about the witcher 3 probably is that it might be too big ah it's it's a daunting game to play it's, it's huge if you walk around you get like 85 side quests it's very tough to play but it's it's amazing the story's great character's great voice acting's great it might be the best game of this generation it might have the crown right now it's it might be my choice, yeah. I mean, if we were going to talk about PS4 and Xbox One, what the single best game is, it, it have a, you could make a very strong argument for The Witcher Three being that game. It is a fantastic game. Yeah, it'd, in be, almost, almost, it'd be it'd be at the top of mind right now, probably, maybe. It, in almost every sense, it's beautiful. It has a ton of DLC, yep. like downloadable stuff. It's it encourages you to play a lot. It's it's a so even once you finish the game, it's a 90-hour game, you still get another 40 hours after that. Um, yep. Mechanically, it's fantastic. The combat's great. The leveling up system is great. Um, you played it pretty recently, right? I played it like a year ago. Okay, so I think you got it after they made some pretty big patches. Like any giant open-world game, it, it had some bugs in the beginning. It also mm. had a terrible menu system. Yeah, the menu system wasn't that much better when I played it or changed at all. The, like, the inventory system was really bad, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I disagree with you about it being too big. I think that that's what made it really uh, really kind of magical. It was so explorable and huge. It was, I, it, it was, it's a good pick. It should be on the list. That's like, um, that's like I, I say that like if I had to have a criticism because I could see some people getting turned off by just sure. the sheer amount of stuff to do. Like if you're a busy person, mm-hmm. it is. It is a really, really good. It's 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 good pick. Good. I'm glad that's on the list. Um, okay. Do you have anything else about The Witcher? Uh, no, I think that that covers it. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. <laughs> it's a good pick. Um, it came out in I don't know 1998, 1997. Um, yeah, and. You know, I said, like, old games aren't as good as new games. If you got any other succeeding Tony Hawk game with a 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, where they're on now, Tony Hawk 2 is still better than all of them. Yep. It was a, the mechanic of that game was just you ride around on a skateboard and do skateboard tricks. <laughs> yep. That was it. Yep. 
you could play it for 75 hours straight <laughs> and it mm-hmm. was just perfect it was perfect it was the it might be the best sports game of all time that might be a different discussion yeah it, it was just tremendous it it mastered that little mechanic that was just fun to do repetitively um mm-hmm. there was an old spider-man game i think it was for the movie do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, I do know this what you're was, talking about. This was for maybe GameCube, but it had a mechanic in which you could swing from building to building. Mm-hmm. And it was the most, that's all you wanted to do. You just swung around right. for hours. Tony Hawk 2 very much mirrored that, where it was just, you could just ride your little skateboard through the park or whatever for a long time. And I just could, did ben- Benihana's all day. Like Sure. And yeah, it, well, it had the two types of skating, where it'd be like street skating or on the, on the half pipes. They were both perfect. Mm-hmm. It was just so rewarding and like very fluid and satisfying when you landed yep. an awesome combo. Uh, it was just a great game. I loved the hell out of it. And it was one of those games that was also very, um, it started a new genre. After that came a whole bunch of these kind of, uh, they made snowboard games and bike games and all these kind of quick mechanic, quick quick, t- quick twitch kind of, uh, not driving games, but all these kind of games that came after it. Right. And the soundtrack was off the charts amazing. I was going to say, it, it, it's the reason I started liking like Ace of Spades and sure. the, Ace of Spades. No, was it, Ace of Spades was on the third one, uh, wasn't it? No, I think uh, it was yeah. On this, uh, but it did have it had like Gorilla Radio. It had some. Um, it had a what was that song? When worlds collide. Power Man Five Thousand. Yes, that one. Then a uh, bass. How low can you go? Oh my uh, God, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh, it was being uh, like we were like twelve, thirteen years old. So right that, about there, yeah. So that's when music like hits you when yep, really hard. Like yeah, so, it was okay. just a, it was a sensational game. Um, it also brought real life. So I was into skateboarding, and it had like real life skate places that you'd see in skate videos. Like there were mm-hmm. places in Philadelphia and Los Angeles where you could go, and it looked like the real city, and it looked like the uh, the real area. It was just it was just great. Um, that's all I got for Tony Hawk too. I remember the the create your it had the create your park on it. Yeah, that was also awesome. And I just tried to make the strangest concoctions to where I could just jump and do like I tried to come up with me and my friend that were playing we we came up with kind of our own version of horse using that park where it's sure. like Ollie from here to here grind this and then do this. It was yeah, that was the first like level designer in games too, where you saw that with like I was little, big, say, little I, big planet did it much much later to like everyone loved it. I never played little big planet, but it was the first real like you know you could make your own levels, and sometimes they would be even better than the actual levels. Yeah, before that, the only one I knew was uh, like Excite Bike for the oh, NES <laughs> sure. on stage. But yeah, no, awesome game, really really fun. All right, your turn. Um, all right, my number four was going to be Final Fantasy. Um. So I'm going to have to call an audible. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with this. Okay, I'm going to go... Um, this is a game that you either... that That's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, but but it's a beautiful story. Um, it's a very silent story. You don't know much about it. I don't I'm know gonna, if you've... I don't I'm know if you've ever played it. Because I know what it is. Go ahead. All right, all right <laughs> write, it, write it down. And then before I say the name, I'll tell you to show me what you've written down. Um... You're not gonna be able to read my writing, but okay. <laughs> That's fine. It's a tr- it's a tranquil game. Um, it's very you kind of have to guess the story for yourself. Um, there's not a lot of enemies in it. It's very unconventional. Um, I'll talk about it more in detail. But the soundtrack was beautiful. All the the fights were beautiful. Show me what you got, Chuck. 
that is it. <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus yeah. is for for PS2 was a was a very unconventional but great game. Um, I enjoyed every minute of it. It had a great soundtrack. Um, it was about a at the very beginning of the game, you kind of don't know what's happening, but he brings an unconscious girl to this altar, and in order to restore her consciousness, you need to kill these creatures called Colossi. Each one was different, and so it was essentially a game where it was just boss fights, and each Colossus or Colossi had a different strategy. Um, you had to climb up and find their weak spots and hit them. Some of them you had to fly through the air in order to kill them. Some of them were just these giant towering things that you had to slowly climb up and reach their heads. It was crazy. I think I watched you play it a few times. It was a huge game too, right? There was just one giant open world. Yep. And there wasn't much of a map or cities or anything to it. And these just kind of beasts were just out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. And you would, and then once you found the Colossus, they were maybe the biggest creatures in any video game. Uh, yeah, the final boss was like one of the biggest bosses in anything that I had seen. I think God of War has recently like overtaken that, but yeah. Maybe God of War. Yeah, maybe. Um, Bill was not on my list. Because I've never played it, so I can't very, I can't much commentate it, commentate on it. So, but. so it was one of those things where it like you felt bad, like because the guy is telling you to kill these creatures, and I think part of the reason it was a giant world, but it was very empty, and you had to travel a horse. Sometimes it would take you five, ten minutes to get to the destination to where that colossus is, and I think part of that reason is to make you feel like to make you feel like a douche because you're. You're just going out into the Dude. wilderness, looking for these creatures that aren't hurting anybody. They're just right. there's these peaceful creatures. They don't even attack you until you do something. Like none of them are aggressive, and then you attack them, and then they start defending themselves. And you felt bad every time. Like every time you'd kill one, it would have this cutscene um, with this kind of somber music. Mm-hmm. And so you would. I don't know. It just it made you feel a lot of emotions. It's like this guy is doing terrible things to restore the one that he loves. Now that's a, that's of course a game by uh, what's his face? Do you know the creator's name? Ah, uh, crap! I don't. But he he also made Eco. Uh, yes, what it is, and he made the newest one that just the came last out. Guardian. Yeah, and they're all kind of the same. They all look the same, and they're all very like heavy on metaphor and heavy on. Uh, non-traditional symbolism yeah symbolism and non-traditional gameplay um i never played any of them only for the reason that i just didn't get around to it um so yeah i'm I'm fine with it being on there because they are very much critically loved but uh i i i can't say anything about them because i i skipped i skipped those all right also i think shadow of classes might have come out in my dark period when i didn't have a system yeah it was toward the end of the ps2 age um so yeah that would make sense all right um Number six on my list. My number three. Now this is where it's getting dicey. Yep. Ah, uh, boy. I gotta. I'm just gonna cut a whole bunch. I mean, I. All right. I'm gonna go with. This is not. I'm gonna go with Batman: Arkham Asylum. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I love that series. I think it's the second best current series that's still going. Mm-hmm. Even though it might be over. Um. With Arkham I, Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Origins, and most recently Arkham Knight. They're all fantastic games. It came down to me between Arkham Knight, the most recent one, and the first one. And I picked the first one because it was unlike anything I'd ever played before. In that it was licensed content, which is never, ever good. 
<laughs> like when you get not. a superhero game that's always terrible and it was because it was Batman who I love anyway uh the story was so exceptional and true to him and true to the old comics the acting was tremendous in it I think it's the best video game acting out of anywhere um just cuz you have Mark Hamill as the Joker he comes in and just kicks the shit out of it he's just great mm-hmm. it has a couple of incredible level designs um that I had never seen before this came out on Xbox 360 um yes. And there are a couple sequences that I were like, oh, I've never seen this before. Like the scarecrow uh, gives Batman like a, a, a hypnosis kind of thing or hallucination. Pretty terrifying. And there are points. It was really, really well done. Um, and so you'll be walking down the hallway at Arkham Asylum and they'll slowly turn to Wayne Manor. And then you really, you know, well, you it was just it told Batman better than I think any other medium, including the Christopher Nolan series. I think it's better than those. I think the yeah, Arkham was- series is the best telling of Batman. I think it's the best comic book game. I think it's the best licensed game. It's just the atmosphere is perfect. The combat is perfect. Each game got better and built. I can't say enough good things. I picked the first one because it was that, although it's not as good as Arkham Knight, it was really important that that game happened. So that kind of goes against your initial convention where you're like, oh, games get better as they go on, but you chose the first one. Well, no, I said that's one way of looking at it, but then there are those exceptions where... Sure. This game kind of changed things, and that's why I, uh, I'm going with it. I mean, just everything about that game was so much fun to play. From the f- first second, it was just awesome. Um, great villains. I just loved everything about it. It is, um, I did enjoy it. The, the, I just, I don't know, for some reason I can't get into those games as much as you do. Um, that's fine. That being said, I, I absolutely see the appeal, um, I did play that game enough to get into the Scarecrow sequences, which I was I was initially surprised how actually kind of terrifying it was, especially considering that it was just a licensed Batman game. I was like, oh, wow, that legitimately scared the crap out of me a little bit. There was that part where the person's on the gurney and you have to pull him back and the, the right. dead person on the gurney suddenly looks at you and I'm like, I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't, <laughs> like... Yeah, there and there's the game is just chock full of moments like that, like cinematic moments that you actually play through. You know, they're not cut quick time events. It's all stuff you play through, and it's just it's all done so well. Right. And Mark Hamill as the Joker is just the best Joker. I don't get Heath that. Ledger was, Heath Ledger's great, but Mark Hamill's is the best. Sure. That's that's what I got. I love those games, and I had to put it on the list. And that was a tough that was a tough decision. I think at the end of our list, we'll go back and talk about some of the ones that didn't make it. Right. <laughs> to make this podcast two hours. Say. I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. Um, so number five, my number three is Fallout 3. Wow. I did not think that was making it. Okay. You didn't think Fallout was going to make it? I didn't. I also have Fallout 3 on my list, though. Fallout 3 specifically. Fallout 3, you, you just mentioned kind of like foundational stuff. Um, and I talked about this on the Fallout 4 review that we did as well. Fallout 3 was completely just this we had never seen a game like that before never it was completely completely transcendent um say what you will about bethesda and how much they haven't evolved since then but at that point it was a gigantic leap yeah nothing had ever been made like it they're not even close i was just exploring saying i can't believe how much stuff there is to explore here um how kind of dark and desolate it was it was because it's essentially you're in a nuclear wasteland and you can just F with people. You can be, you can, there's a part in Fallout 3 where if you really want to be an a-hole, there's a town that's barely surviving that's 
has a nuclear bomb in the middle of it, and you can either be a really great guy and disable the bomb once you get enough skills, or you can take a whole bunch of money from some dude who just wants to set that bomb off and nuke the entire town um, <laughs> in a crazy cutscene. <laughs> and just the choices, the amount of things you could do, it was it was insane. It, it did. Um, yeah, it's a great. It's a great pick. Um, it. You talk about Bethesda not evolving from that. It's a tough place to evolve from. It's kind of perfect. Right. They kind right. of already they perfected that. I don't know what you would call it—an open world fantasy RPG kind of that that style, that very specific Bethesda style. Mm-hmm. It was perfected with Fallout Three, and even though Skyrim is probably a better game, it's not. It wasn't groundbreaking in any way. It was just bigger. You know. Yeah. Um The same thing goes for Fallout Four. Fallout Four was just the same. It was just the same thing again. Um, but it was one of those things, like like you mentioned before, where games move it ahead a couple steps, and yep. then. You jump. you know that because a bunch of other games come out after it that mm-hmm. emulate things from it, and that's definitely what happened here. Fallout Three had a couple of really great things going for it. In the beginning of the game, you do feel like you're a lost wanderer in the giant desert, and you're gonna die. You can get killed by like the rad roaches and the big flying bugs immediately. <laughs> yep. And you, it's it's paced perfectly because you slowly progress and progress and progress, and by the end of the game, you just just kill everything. Mm-hmm. It also. Bethesda, I think, is particularly good at this. They are the masters of kind of sticking these little hidden gems all throughout their open world, whether it's tiny side quests or Easter eggs that are just great. There's, I think this was Fallout 3. In the very northern part of the map, you find like a utopia in the middle of the woods. I think so. And it was like run by these these old people who like bleed and the radiation would save them. But it was like this one place in the game that was lush and green and vibrant. It was like a jungle. And I'd beaten the whole game. I had been in every corner of the map, and I discovered this whole thing. It was like an extra 45 minutes of gameplay in this fun little story that they just nestle in. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's its own little self-contained, you know, 20-minute mm-hmm. narrative. And it just... Bethesda's really, really good at that. And Fallout 3, I think that that's the big step they took forward. Their side quests were really rich and full. Mm-hmm. And, oh, the VAT system. The the fighting system was great. The weapon, the upgrade system was tremendous. Yeah, that was uh, the first one of those, and when it first happened, you were like, what? Yeah. Percentages? And yep. I could choose whether I want to shoot their head or their legs, and it was yeah, amazing. Had a really good day-night day night cycle. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's it's okay. I can. At first, I was a little unsure. I don't know if it should be higher than The Witcher, but now that I'm more than thinking about it, Fallout 3 probably deserves to be pretty high on the list. Yeah, it, it was a tough choice for me, but just because of what it was at the time that it came out, Mm-hmm. It felt very, very impactful at that point. Yeah. Okay, we are getting down to it now. Um, yeah. Now, I already know what... So I have two picks left. I have four and two. You have three and one. And I, I know what my next two are going to be, and now I'm just kind of curious about... There's one franchise... There's a couple franchises that I'd be shocked that they don't, they, they don't make this list, but it seems like they're not going to. There's, there's going to be a couple that are left off the list just because there's only ten choices. It's, yeah. it's so hard. My next pick is Resident Evil 4. Yep. Um, that was on my list, but I had a feeling you would choose it. I feel like I listen to a lot of podcasts about football. And whenever they get, like, the guys are doing the whole league, and they'll go, all right, let's talk about the Patriots. It's like, well, what else can you say about the Patriots? They're just amazing. They've been amazing since 2004, and I think and we've been over this enough times that it's just... Sure. Resident Evil 4 is on the short list for best video games of all time. It's, 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 tremendous, it's a tremendous game. 
If you make a list, I don't of even five... like I don't even like horror games that much. But I enjoyed playing Resident Evil Four so much that I sucked it up. It's it's just everything about it is you talk about games that make a leap forward. I don't think there's, mm-hmm. I don't maybe Tetris. <laughs> like I don't think there's <laughs> ever been a game that's like this is how games can be in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Just everything about it is great. Um, you play I, it's still playable. I've played it relatively recently. You can still go through it. Parts are a little bit wacky now. <laughs> some, of the, some of the villains and stuff are a little bit silly. Um, the little Napoleon guy. The little Napoleon guys is funny, but it had these like. I'd never seen it before. The thing I had never really seen before in video games, it had these quick time event fight scenes. Right. That was like, you got in a knife fight with that Russian guy or whatever. And it's like, you were watching the video play with press X to do these blocks and stuff. So like during the video, you had to control your thing. Almost like a guitar hero type of deal. You had to press the button at the right time for the sequence to keep going. (laughs) Yep. And boy, it was amazing. Like I was playing it. It took me a million times to get through it. It was hard. Um, and every time, I was kind of happy. I was like, okay, yeah, I want to play this again. This is incredible. It was like the Matrix-level choreography. This fight was so good. Um, and There are that, some really, really iconic sequences in that game, too. There's a there's a ton of them. I mean, just initially, like, I remember you... I, I think you brought your memory card to my house to play it a little bit. I remember you playing <laughs> it cards. at my house. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, memory cards. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You brought the game and the memory card at my house because you're like, Bill, you got to play this Resident Evil game. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I, I, I'm too much of a pansy to play this game. He's like, no, you, you, you're like, no, you're going to like it. And you showed me that first sequence, that first big sequence where the chainsaw guy at the farmhouse, like that first sequence. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, this is incredible. Like, it's such a tense sequence that seems impossible at first. And then you slowly kind of figure out what you need to do, moving things in front of windows, they're breaking through things, mm-hmm. knocking the ladders down, they put it back up, and the cha- you hear the chainsaw guy, and you're like, oh god, oh god, oh god, I gotta move. I can-. Like that, especially, that game was all about positioning. Oh yeah, absolutely. That game was all about knowing where your enemies were, getting to kind of like a spot, like a corner, that like you can stay in for a little while. Or like a bottleneck that you can follow them through. Yeah, just somewhere where you knew you weren't gonna get like hit from behind. Mm-hmm. And then just just pick them off as much as you can until you have to move to another spot. Like it was about picking a spot and then knowing where you could go once you that spot was no longer safe. It was well, which a lot of game. I don't know too many games that are like that. It's because the controls for Resident Evil Four were insane. Yeah, you couldn't shoot and move. Right, you had to stand still while you shot stuff, which was bananas. It was like this really weird. They made you. The controls were, like, really hard to get used to and hard to use. You couldn't run that fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, because of that, it just made it such a... They planned it perfectly. They did it for a reason. They was like, okay, well, we're going to make you pick your spots and kind of navigate these huge battle arenas. Yeah, I like. I kind of like the fact that it turned out that way because it forced that unique strategy that isn't really in any other game that I know of. I think I know what you're going to pick here. I think, is there... I got nothing else on Resident Evil 4. I mean, it's for my. If you haven't played it, if you haven't played it, played it, it, play it. It still holds up. It still holds up, and it's probably only like fifteen bucks on the PS PlayStation Marketplace or whatever. Yeah, Um, it does still hold up. It's a really good game. Um, I feel like they've released it on every system now. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like thirteen years old now, and it's still like you could still play it. It's 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 really good. It's really good. Let me cross that off. Um, I think I know what you're going to take here, but I don't know. Go ahead. I don't. I think this might shock you. This one right. might shock you. 
Um, you might get mad at this, actually. I don't know if you'll get mad, but you'll be you'll be shocked. So my second game, uh, number two, it is a long-standing series. Number three on the list. Number two on the number three. Number on the three on the countdown. Yes. Number two on your list. Number two in my heart. Yeah. Um, I am going with Pokemon Blue. Oh, go ahead. So when the original Pokemon came out for Game Boy, it, it, I mean, it came out red and blue. Both games were essentially the same. They just had different creatures in them. I had the blue one. This game came out in 1996. I was, so I was like nine going on 10. And it was at a point where when I got out of school, I had to walk to my mom's work because I wasn't allowed to be home alone. So because of this, my mom bought me a Game Boy because I used to have to stay at her work for like two to three hours every day after school. And I remember I would go to her work and I would do my homework and I would do my homework as fast as possible because then after I would play Pokemon Blue. Um, I was trying to think of how many batteries have died because of this game. <laughs> <laughs> I've killed so many batteries because of this game. It was truly revolutionary. Many games have tried to copy it. There, there was no game that I thought that back then where you could... You wouldn't fight. You would capture things and fight with them. There was 150 of these fucking things, so you had to try to figure out which ones was the best. Um, this was before the cards, before the anime, before all that shit. It was just a game at that point. Um, so there was none of this like cutesy personality. It was just this hardcore monsters trying to kill each other. And I, I don't know. It was really, really fun. I, I, that game had a time clock on it. Um, when I by the time I finished, it was over three hundred and forty hours playing that one game. It's really hard to overstate how much you've ruined this. Have I? <laughs> I can't believe Pokemon Blue is number three on our list of official video games. Um, it was just a top-down RPG like any other. It was just every other top-down RPG. But like you said, instead of you fighting, other little things fought. And there were, yeah, there was 150 of them, but they're all the same. There was just electric rock no, water thing in fire. And you could no, just pick not. which one and they just, it was they're all the same. They're not all the same. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I have not, listen, it's on the list. It's there. I will admit to playing that's it. That's like saying, that's like saying you're a car collector. Oh, well, the, I mean, a Porsche has four wheels. So does a, 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 a Honda Civic. A, a Honda Civic has four wheels too. Uh, yeah, I, I, yes, exactly. Oh my god. Car collecting car collecting is dumb. Okay, Cars all okay. do the same thing. You do not need more than one of them. <laughs> you can have a car and a truck. You, that's all you need. Um, <laughs> it's First ridiculous. There are a car so and a truck. many games. We have three selections left. And there are... Every one of these games, I would say, is more important to video games than Pokemon was. And is much better than Pokemon was. Um, Pokemon is still alive. Great. Um, it's been around for 20 years now. I don't think it revolutionized anything other than oh. more Pokemon games. I think <laughs> it like... <laughs> yeah, it gave us a whole bunch of more Pokemon games. But... what 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 is... What does the Xbox One generation have to thank Pokemon for? Inventory management, maybe? 
No, not inventory management. I I don't know. It's just it's a unique mechanic. Unbelievable. Okay. Well, fine. If you're picking, you're entitled to it. But I'm just glad it's not. I'm glad it's not number one. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And I'm not even okay. So now I. Well, this is tough. I've got. Well, what's your number one? <sighs> My number one. It's my favorite game of all time. Uh, I think I, I have to pick this one. Or I can just pick a I don't good even, one. Just, I actually don't um, know what your favorite game of all time is. It's Mass Effect 3. That was on my... Mass Effect 3? Okay. Mass Effect 3. It's. I think it's the perfect... As I said, I do like RPGs. I like The Witcher. Um, mm-hmm. Fallout. Sure. And Mass Effect 3, I think, is the best RPG. I, I think it's it was... It's last generation and it still holds up just as well now. Um... It's got a great story. It's the gameplay is perfect. The third person shooting mechanic is great. It mixes mm-hmm. kind of spells, I guess you could call them whatever they use there, sci-fi kind of blasts. And sure. uh melee and shoot and shooty shooty Amy. <laughs> <laughs> um the upgrade system is great, the leveling system is great, the story is tremendous. Um especially especially after you played the first two, you're pretty invested at that point. It's yeah, it's that's part of it. Yeah, the kind of the thing is, Mass Effect, it's this one huge story, and because we can only pick one game, I think Mass Effect 3 is... I think it was the best game of that generation, a few... I mean, you could you could make some arguments for some other games. I think it has a very good argument um, to be the best game of its generation, of the Xbox 360 PS3 generation. Mm-hmm. You, could probably, you could pick a few others, but I, I would make a strong case that it's that. Um, I've played it like 70 times... Uh, it's and it's it's gonna it's it start Mass Effect the series itself and maybe not quite Mass Effect three but certainly the entire series kind of started the uh, your decisions affect the outcome of this game. Yep, and affect the entire universe, you know, which was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a huge thing now. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Mass Effect three? Um, Mass Effect was on my list because it, it is a tremendous series. I had Mass Effect two on the list. Um, sure, but um, no, Mass Effect is. Absolutely tremendous. It also started that. I think it started that dialogue wheel thing too. Oh yeah, that we saw that. Uh, that's um, Bioware made Mass Effect, and they you see that in a lot of games now, in Bioware mm-hmm. and other games. But they made so Knights of the Old Republic, and they made um, Dragon Age, right? Which were both also contenders for this. Dragon Age was an awesome game. Um, I just remember being amazed that you could create your character, and then that character would be in like every cutscene. Just, just exactly the way you made him, like their presentation or her. was always just amazing. Or her, I'm sorry. Yes, I say that because yeah. I usually, I usually played a woman in those games. Okay, yeah. my shepherd was Jane Shepherd. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, it always amazed me the presentation value. How, like all their cutscenes and stuff were in-game things, whereas mm-hmm. other games would create a cutscene that was outside of the game to make it look nicer, but there was no customization available, obviously, because they already pre-rendered stuff. And yes. so I was always amazed about that. Your character was you. How he looked is how he's going to show. And that whole story is played using that that guy or that girl. Uh, it had this other... I don't, know if you, how, I don't know how well you remember Mass Effect 3, but the plot was basically there's a giant alien invasion and it's going to kill the entire galaxy. The Reapers, yeah. Mass Effect 3 in this, in this really way that I haven't seen done ex- in anywhere else except maybe like Star Wars Episode 4 where you had to build this ragtag band of things 
mm-hmm. and you had to get all the different races together, and depending on all of your in-game decisions, would completely alter how, like, the last act of the game went, whether you won this invasion and saved humanity or lost it. And it really you had to do, like, a lot of work to get your army strong enough. Um, and I've never seen in-game decisions uh, pay off in such a good way as... Because I've done it both ways. I've done it where I didn't do enough work and I lost the battle. I did it where I did enough work and won the battle. Right. And it, it changes everything about the last, like, maybe four hours of the game. Uh, it's I haven't seen anything else like it. Maybe The Witcher Three is kind of close to that a little bit, um, but I don't think on this. I don't think it's even on the same level as what Mass Effect Three did. Uh, yeah, you have a good point about that created character. You really get attached to your version of Shepard, whatever it is. Yeah, especially if you carry your save files over from one to two to three, because you can play as the same character with the same backstory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might make a, a decision about your character story in Mass Effect One. Where it's like you decided to kill a thing, and then in Mass Effect Three, that could, if you're going off your old save files, which I unfortunately was not able to do because I switched systems. Yeah, um, I had the that, same problem. Those decisions would affect things, uh, which which is pretty incredible over the course of three games and I don't know eight nine years of development or something crazy like you, that. You had to be able to code all that, saying, "Oh, this person's dead here; they're dead in this game," without ruining the foundation of the game. Like three games later, but. Yeah, and uh, good acting. Seth, what's his face is in that movie as Joker. Seth, Seth Green, yeah. Seth Green, and it's probably his best role. <laughs> you like two games with Joker. <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe this is just a Chuck's Joker list. Um, <laughs> all right, so before you give your final pick, I'm just going to give a quick rundown. Can I ask a question really quick? Yeah, of course. Um, so... It's kind of unfortunate, but the thing that's remembered most about Mass Effect 3, I think, was the very controversial ending that it had initially. Were you one of those like people that were pissed off by the ending and then sort of redeemed when they remade it? The only thing that they didn't... The, so, yeah, part of that was, like I said, where it was so hard to get your army up to the really good ending. Right. Part of it was because of that, and then, yeah, they made... Essentially, they started the game with two different endings. Either you beat them or you didn't. And they were both kind of crappy results. And then they made a third ending where it was like a little bit more towards the fans. And to me, it's no, I, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like that the people were mad about it. Um, okay. Because the endings, basically, no matter what happened, you're talking about this game is about a scale of plot that is literally universal. It's about the entire story of the galaxy. And in kind of both endings, spoiler alert, Mass Effect fans, Shepard dies. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, this game is Shepard's fighting this for the next 10,000 years of humanity, not about himself. And right. so they're like, well, why didn't you see Shepard ride into the sunset on a horse or whatever? It's like, well, fine, but he fucking stopped the thing. He, he, he saved the day. The humans win and he got everybody together and we all win. And it's right. like people were mad at Bioware and they just, Bioware put together something very, very awesome. And even if their ending wasn't exactly to what the fans' expectations were, shut up. You can't like, let the journey to that ending, like... Completely, yeah. I, I was fine with the ending, even though I maybe... Would I have liked it if Shepard, like, shot the Reaper in the face and it exploded like uh, Chief Brody at the end of Jaws? Fine, that would have been awesome, but... <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> Boom. Right. Like, yeah. Just been revoked. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there are probably more fan service ways they could have ended it, but I, I didn't I didn't mind that at all. I, I, think they, I think they made the ending they wanted to make, and that's... When you're talking about art, which I think we are with this kind of stuff, then that's what it is. Okay. Fair enough. So... If we're done with Mass Effect, I'm going to read the entirety of the list, and then you're going to pick number one. Okay. It's probably going to be Pokemon Magenta. 
10, Final Purple. Fantasy 8. <laughs> 9, The Witcher 3. 8, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. 7, Shadow of the Colossus. 6, Batman Arkham Asylum. 5, Fallout 3. 4, Resident Evil 4. 3, Pokemon Blue. 2, Mass Effect 3. And the official video game of Foolish the Podcast is... I think you you know it, right? I've never heard of that game. Do you, you know what? Right? Do you want to write? It, do you want to write it down? Your guess? I think no, because I, I don't. Like. I don't know which one it's going to be. So go ahead. But you know the series. Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, my number one game is. Anytime anyone's asked me what video games I love, I've always responded with the Legend of Zelda. Um, the Legend of Zelda is my favorite video game series of all time. Um, and it's one of those that it's been with me the entire time. Um, from when I got a Nintendo at four, there was a Legend of Zelda for it that was great. Uh, when I got a Super NES, there was a Legend of Zelda that was great. Game Boy, uh, pretty much any Nintendo system that I've gotten throughout the, the, the years has had a Zelda on it, and the Zelda's been great. Um, it's one of those series that when the game comes out for the next week... Um, you're you you won't know I exist because because <laughs> I will be either working or I will be home playing Zelda and trying to figure things out. Um, it's one of those great games that combines action and and puzzles, and it's one of those weird games where you feel a kinship toward the character, even though the character never speaks, um, just says grunts and ah and all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one choosing one was really, really tough. Yeah. So before you announce which one you chose, maybe what are the top? What are your top three Zelda games? In in no order. Yeah. What what was in the list? So you're saying choosing one was tough. What were you thinking about? Which ones are you thinking about? So the Super NES one, Link to the Past, is one that I thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was really, really fun. That was a top down one, but. So uh, the other one that I was thinking of was. Um, for GameCube or Wii. It was a debut game for the Wii. It was Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. It was really good. But the one I settled on was the, the Nintendo 64 one, Orcarina of Time. Um, Why that th- one? Because that's another one of those games like Fallout 3 where as soon as I played it, I was like, holy crap, this is this is something that exists? This is... Like, it was one of the first kind of really, like, 3D open world games, I think, for... It I mean, it was, it was Nintendo 64. It was 98. There wasn't much... Maybe... I'm trying to think, but... Just having that... I don't know. It was just it was just surreal that this could be a game when, when I played it. I was 11. Um, and I it's like, oh... That was like one of those first games where... You see things in the background, and it, and that used to be just a background. Mm-hmm. That was just that was just a backdrop to make the game look a little more pretty. But this was a game where it was like, oh, I see that, and if I walk long enough, I can I can get to it. And I just I remember being excited every time. So Zelda, for those who don't know, is a game where you go through temples, and you part of it is you go through temples and you have to solve the temples in order to get an item, and then each temple has a boss that you have to beat that is causing some sort of problem on the world. And each temple has a series of puzzles in it. And I remember being excited for each temple because it was just a, a brain challenge, and you felt very accomplished after completing one of those. Um, 
And I remember N64, the most devious one in Orchard of Time was the Water Temple. <laughs> it took me took me three and a half hours to complete it. Jesus. Um, but when I completed it, I felt amazing. Mm-hmm. Just just a series of puzzles. It, it was one of those where you had to like raise in lower water levels and you couldn't do things at certain levels and it was it was a brain teaser to hell, but it, it felt really good. Um I don't know, I just I don't have enough good things to say about the game. It's it's real it was just really fun to play. So I am not a Zelda player. I've played a few of the games. Um I played Wind Waker, I played I think Twilight Princess, that was for Wii, and that was the more like um non cartoony one, right? Wind Waker was the cartoony one. Twilight Princess wasn't. Yeah. Um, is there a horse in Twilight Princess? There's a horse in pretty much all of them, but yes. Uh, no, in Twilight Princess, I think you rode a wolf, actually. That's what it was, the wolf. You were, you were a wolf. You were a wolf. Yeah. Um, two things I'll say about The Legend of Zelda, although I haven't played them, but I have been obviously invested. I've played enough of them. From, like you said, from when, from 1992, whenever the first one came out is, till the one coming out next week or next month or whatever it is. Every single one of these games, I wish there's like 10, 11? Uh, yeah. Maybe less than that? A bunch? Probably probably a, a little, 10 or a little more than 10, yeah. They've, all of them, been universally acclaimed as great. Yep. Which is impossible. You yeah. see this, I've, I think I've said this a few times with bands, you see it with series, you can't get to, like, a band can't get to more than, like, four albums without having one be bad. Mm-hmm. Like, even Resident Evil, you got one, two, three, where one was great, two was good, three was alright, four was amazing, and five and six were terrible. It's like, you, you there are ups and downs, ebbs and flows. You say Mass Effect, they've only had three games. Fallout, you know, uh, even, like, the Batman game, Arkham Origins, wasn't maybe as good as the others. Zelda, they're all just tremendous, and I... Maybe you could speak more to this than me, but it seems like I bet everyone, if you polled 30 different people and said, what's the best Zelda game, you'd get nine different answers. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's, I think that's saying something. The other thing is that for as long as Zelda's been going, there's still nothing like it. Right. Like there's, you know, there's games like The Witcher, there's games like uh, Arkham, Batman, there's games like Fallout, there's certainly games like Resident Evil. Um, in Mass Effect, you can kind of point to mirror, mirror games. There's nothing like Zelda. There's no game that's even close to being it, because I think it's like, nope, they've done it perfectly, let's not even bother. It's just, that's yeah, their because turf- I, don't, I don't think another game could get away with it. Like, no no other game right now could have, like, a protagonist that doesn't talk. I think it'd be very, very difficult for another game to accomplish that and people to be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's something that happens. You see it somewhere, but never, like, so in Doom, the guy doesn't talk, but that's a joke of a game. It's not a real right. thing. Um, yeah, I think it's, I'm fine with it being number one. It's it's not my number one game, but I'm fine with it being the official game of Force the Podcast, and maybe I'll have to I'll have to play one of them. Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. All right, what, um, all right, so there you have it. Zelda, Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time for the Nintendo 64 is the official video game of Foolish the Podcast. Bill, we're an hour and five minutes into this thing, so quickly, what what was on your list but didn't make it? Um, Grand Theft Auto V was on my list. That's um, the one. I thought you were going there with your Pokemon pick. I really thought you were going Grand Theft Auto. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, that surprised me a lot that you didn't go with that game. Um, it was also... I, I picked Vice City, but sure. Yeah, when you picked um, when you picked Final Fantasy and took it off my list, I, I was like, okay... I either got to choose Shadow of the Colossus or I got to choose Grand Theft Auto V. Mm-hmm. And so, besides that, I had a bunch of N64 games. Probably, N- um, 
N- Super Mario 64, mm-hmm. GoldenEye 007, I really yeah. thought about saying, because that was another one of those revolutionary games that revolutionized yep. shooters. That's um, probably the biggest surprise of, of the bunch, or the... Even though I'm fine with it being off the list because I don't think it's as good as it's cracked up to be, but it's probably the most famous old school game that people talk about loving. Oh, yeah. Um, I had Smash Brothers on my list. I had uh, sure. Journey. Journey was on my list. That was a good game. Very good game. I'm surprised you didn't say The Last of Us. It was on my list. I just couldn't. It's. I know. I can't believe it. Maybe I should have done that instead of Final Fantasy, but. Uh... I know it was it was right there on my list. I just couldn't uh, I couldn't pull. I, I don't think it was better than. Um, you could make an argument it was that it could be there instead of Tony Hawk Two or Final Fantasy Eight. But I already have Resident Evil Four on there, and really, there's no Last of Us without Resident Evil Four. It's not even. It's like that's. Like, right. Last of Us is a great game, but I just. Uh, I don't know. It's just there. The same thing I think I thought about Heavy Rain. Yeah, Ooh, I totally forgot about Heavy Rain. Yeah, Heavy Rain. I had um, Madden, the Madden series. So mm-hmm. couldn't, I mean, there. I play Madden more than any other game by far, but uh, it's just there. There's just too many of them, and it's it's not. I don't know. It's not quite there. You might say Tech Mobile over Madden, you know. Um, I think all of our games that we chose are. We mentioned like uniqueness a lot. That's the thing. I think that's really what makes it um, separating yeah, we, yourself, creating something that's your own. Yeah. Uh, other one. I had Mortal it, Kombat on my list. Mm-hmm. The one I think I'm most upset about not getting on there was Metroid Prime. I loved that game, and it just, it just wasn't... We don't have any first-person shooters on here, do we? No, that's why I thought about putting Goldeneye on there. That's that's probably the only... I mean, neither... I don't think either of us are really big shooter guys, so it's hard to... Yeah, yeah. we don't have any first-person shooters, no racing games, no, uh, no sports games, unless you want to consider Tony Hawk a sports game. Because it's that uniqueness factor, again, to where those racing games and shooter games don't really feel... Like, yeah. different experiences, for the most part. Well, that's where I almost went. My last one, I'll... They're fun. You. Yeah. My last one was Rock Band. I didn't. I had Rock Band. Did you? Okay. Yeah, because that was one of those things where it's like, you'd never... I guess Guitar Hero or Rock Band take your pick, but that was pretty pretty unique in that in that playing experience. But, um... Is it a video game? Is Rock Band a video game? Um, I think it... I think it is. It's a video game like a hot dog is a sandwich. It, you know? I think it is... <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it's less of a video game when you're playing it with other people. Um, yeah. It's more of a social thing at that point. But I think, like especially for Guitar Hero, there were some hardcore people that would yes. really try to like five star a song. And at that point, I think it was a video game because it was it was very very difficult at points. And yeah, that's. But is, I mean, is going to sing karaoke a video game? No. So you know. Uh, that's why it didn't, it didn't quite, it's, it was just a little bit different. I think if we had to talk about maybe our media experiences God. or that kind of thing, Rock, Rock Band would be on there, but I don't, I don't That would know. be great if, that would be great if every time I sang karaoke, someone would come up to me and be like, oh uh, yeah, four stars. <laughs> you think you would get four stars? Wow. Maybe. <laughs> um, next week I'm picking first, or not, maybe we don't do it next week, but the next one at least we do. I'm picking first, and I'm gonna. the The category is cartoon characters, <laughs> which is there's a, there's a lot to go through. If you thought there were a lot of video games to talk about, we got a lot of cartoon characters uh, <laughs> to talk about here, and that's gonna be another one where we're gonna be drastically different. Uh yeah, probably because uh, I do not watch anime, <laughs> and I think there's gonna be some of those on the list. Luckily, I have the first pick in that draft. You draft do. list making, whatever we're calling this. Um, 
Bill, I would say we could do three fine things, but it's already been an hour and ten minutes. All right. Do you have a fine thing to get in quick? I don't really have any. <laughs> I do I do have a fine thing. So what's go ahead, give me a fine thing and we can close it on that. This is this is one fine thing. Sure. Um one fine thing. One fine thing. <laughs> uh Vin Diesel is my <laughs> fine thing. <laughs> <laughs> that got an audible squeak out of me. <laughs> I was surprised and I thought it was hilarious at the same time. Of all the things you could have said in the world, Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel. Actor, actor and Dungeons and Dragons game player extraordinaire. Yeah. Would not have crossed my mind ever. <laughs> Bill, why is Vin Diesel fine? He's a, he's a fascinating man, um, <laughs> and I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, envious. I mean, he's had a he has done some amazing things when you think about it. Um, he's been in Fast and Furious, which sure. is billions of dollars. Yep. Um, he's been in a, a few pretty good franchises. He's been in Riddick. He's been in Triple X. Um, We're saying these are good franchises. Well, Riddick's not bad. The first um, one was the first one was great. Pitch Black, yeah, that one was yeah. that was pretty good. But he's managed to do this thing where he is a he's portrayed as a badass. I think he thinks he is. But the movies have. But he's also convinced people that he is in 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 a way that every film he's in, he's this badass quote yep. quote. Even though he's now like, I think he's fifty now. He's like fifty, yeah. And he and he looks like, like a, he looks simultaneously like a fifty-year-old man and a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's kind of. I don't want to say he's overweight. Let's see, uh, Vin Diesel. He's kind of pudgy now. He's forty-nine. Jesus. <laughs> oh, he's. But he's. Bill. Go ahead. What is Vin Diesel's real name? Um. <laughs> oh, did, did you think? Did you think it was Vincent Diesel, <laughs> Mister Diesel? Because it's not. <laughs> um, his real name is like Guy Lafarge, Mark Sinclair. Ooh. So really, that's that's not a bad name. It's that's just it's not it's no Vin Diesel. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but it's just this weird thing where. I I guess I could just walk up to people and if I tell them that I'm a badass enough times, I guess eventually I am. You know? Sure. It's just insane. He he's like, how tall is he? Does he? Do you he's, still have him looked up? Uh, he's six feet, so he's actually he's of average height. If oh, little, okay. That's a little above that's average. better than that's better than I thought it was. Yeah. That's like when Tom Cruise is like portrayed as this tough guy and he's like five nine. I think he's like five six. I think Tom Cruise is really he might short. be yeah he might be shorter than that yeah. But I don't know. I'm just I'm just fascinated by those guys um, who who can do that, and he's one of the the best at it. To where he's five seven. Tom Cruise is five seven. Okay. There's also a video that's that's terrifying. Um, oh, oh no! If you look up Vin Diesel, um, Vin Diesel Love or Vin Diesel Brazilian Reporter, mm-hmm. he was doing junkets for oh, Triple X. I, I, I know where you saw this. Yes. You you heard this on how did this get made? Yes, yes, yes. 
I, I then watched the video after this, but there's a video of him hitting on a Brazilian reporter, and it is legitimately terrifying and creepy. It's really weird. It's really, I yeah, I encourage everyone to go watch it. It's really, really strange. The so reporter's just asking him questions, and he's like, he just randomly just goes, oh my god, you're so fucking beautiful. <laughs> he's like, are we in a beautiful world right now? And I'm like, what? Beautiful <laughs> world? Is that a place? <laughs> um... Bill, it seems like you think the name of this segment is three interesting things. <laughs> what video? Um, so some some people would say he's fine. Sure. Some people think he's sexy. I don't know. Um, okay. Not me, but some people do. So you didn't say what fine meant. Nope. There's a lo- there's a loophole. <laughs> there is the Vin- the, the Vin Diesel clause. <laughs> The Vin Diesel rule. <laughs> it's like the Tuck rule. Anyway. Sure, that's right. Okay, this has gone way too long. <laughs> what, what would you like to say, Chuck? Good night, everybody. 